0: Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gallery Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Jennifer Lambert, Knowledge Management Lead at Monzo Bank. Welcome Jennifer to Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. I'm very excited to be here. Fantastic! Thank you. The sun is shining outside, so it's a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So let's uh, get a quick uh, introduction to yourself, Jennifer. Please let us know uh, how, how, a little bit more about uh, you. Uh, how how is uh, Monzo Bank related to document uh, documentation? Uh, yeah, just a, just a quick uh, intro and what I very briefly mentioned.
1: Sure. Uh, so, hi, my name is Jen. Um, as, uh, as you just discussed, I'm the knowledge management lead at Monzo Bank in the UK. Uh, I'm based in London, uh, currently based in the southwest of London in the sunshine, uh, holed up in my uh, corner office. Um, I, like I say, I am the knowledge management lead at Monzo Bank. Uh, so, uh, if you're not familiar with Monzo, that's the challenger bank in the UK. Um, it's, uh, we have about 4 million customers uh, and growing very, very fast. Um, I've been at Monzo for two months, uh, so it's a a new role for me. It's a new role for Monzo, they've never had a a knowledge manager before. Uh, And before that, I was the head of technical writing at the Government Digital Service uh, for the UK government. Very nice,
0: so uh, very nice to know that uh, you're getting very well settled into your new role as well. So just uh, explain a little bit about how did you get uh, into
1: documentation initially? Sure, such a good question. I think the same as probably everyone listening to this. I don't think anyone wakes up as a five-year-old and thinks when I grow up, I'm going to be a knowledge manager or a tech writer or a documentation specialist. So like many of us, I think I fell into it by accident. Um, I had to make a decision quite early on in my career, whether or not I was going to go down the software engineering route or stay with the arts. I decided to study English literature when I was at university, uh, which I did at Cardiff uh, in the UK. Uh, and while I was there, I ended up uh, becoming the uh, the science and technology editor for the student newspaper at the time, uh, which is where I managed to blend my interest in technology and writing. And then from there, I thought I wanted to become a technology journalist. Uh, a lecturer at the time told me that I should work in public relations rather than journalism if I wanted to write. So that's what I did. So I ended up in PR. I did PR for a couple of years, then went into marketing for a few years, fell into content marketing, ended up working at a web development agency. And while there, ended up writing a lot of technical white papers, doing documentation, that kind of thing. And then found out there was a whole different world out there just within technical writing. So that's when I joined government, which is where I stayed for four or five years. Ended up heading a team of technical writers there. And have kind of like broadly moved more widely into knowledge management now. Uh, And that's how I've ended up at Monzo in the role I'm in now. Fantastic. So how many years of experience have you got in creating
0: documents um, for various organizations, Jen? Uh,
1: It's probably about a decade's worth of experience. I started out very, very early, very, very young, even when I was... In school, uh, I was doing ad hoc bits of freelance work now for different technology companies and writing documentation and white papers for people, even though I didn't really realise what those things were at the time. I wasn't in the workforce then properly at that point. Um, And then, yeah, much later realised it was a whole profession in itself. So quite a while now.
0: All right, great. So, uh, though Monzo Bank is uh, very new to you, I'm sure you must be in the process of setting up a lot of um, uh, processes around documentation. So, just talk us through a little bit more about what is your documentation process and who do you normally uh, like to get involved in it?
1: Sure. So the documentation processes at Mondo, some are very mature, some are less mature. Um, Because I've been there for two months, my main sort of focus for those last two months has been to benchmark what's happening, to understand what's happening across the organisation. The other thing to bear in mind is that my remit is very broad. So um, I'm responsible for our overall uh, knowledge base or the closest thing we have to that. Uh, So that's all of our company documentation, our policies, procedures, team documentation, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but also helping to the rest of the organization with software documentation and everything that that involves uh, and more on the kind of the architecture architecture side. Um, But also supporting our customer operations team as well, who have very, very specific and different uh, documentation needs. So depending on which area of the business I'm I'm working in and what I'm trying to benchmark, it can be a little bit different. Um, But I always like to involve of the standard practice to uh, work with the subject matter experts and the users as much as possible so I'm very very lucky at Monzo where I can get direct access to our users quite quickly whether we're writing for people internally that means I can go and find those people or if we're working with customers we can get easy access for customers to be able to do user research Um, and subject matter experts littered across the organisation there's masses of them there and they're all very very happy to pitch in and help out with lots of different processes uh, and lots of different documentation. Very nice, so so, what are the
0: important factors you consider when creating documentation for your organization?
1: So for me, it always starts with users. Um, I think this was something that was really drummed into me when I worked in government, where a lot of the design principles, um, standards, technology, code of practice, and various other things that I use in government, all of them start with putting users first um, and i 've really seen the value of that, so I always always begin there, uh, starting to define exactly who those users are, who your audience will be, exactly what tasks they're trying to achieve at the time. And then figuring out which bits of content in what format, what style and any more detail on that to be able to find out what kind of content, what type of content or style of content will help that user achieve that task that they have at that particular time. And then from there, it's more breaking it down, trying to determine more of a content strategy, publishing strategy for each of those and finding ways to benchmark that work to measure and make sure it's actually working and actually helping people.
0: Very nice. So, um, um, I'm not sure about Monzo, but uh, in in your previous engagement as well. So, what role do you think documentation have in your customer service or success strategy?
1: Oh, I see it as a, as a huge part. So, it's a huge part of just uh, of our customer operations frontline staff being able to provide accurate information out to, to out to our customers and to our and to our users. So, if we can't set our operation staff up for success to be able to offer the right information that a customer needs at that time. Um, We're always going to see higher causes of complaints and other issues. We need to make sure that our operations staff feel really confident with the advice that they're giving um, and that they can really, really help people with very detailed and very complex queries. Obviously, we're a bank. Often when people are contacting us, they're in quite stressful situations. and Their finances are normally a stressful subject for some people. And so we want to make sure that we're always providing the most accurate and up-to-date advice that we can. So documentation and documentation support has always been a really critical part of the customer operation strategy at Mondo. Um, we're putting a lot more weight behind that now. So we have very dedicated streams of work. We have big teams of people constantly measuring how, how well this works and where we need to kind of improve things. Um, but it's always been a critical part of that strategy and always will be.
0: Nice. So in such scenarios, have you um, noticed any reduction in workload since introducing such quality documents?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, Especially on the customer operations side, we try uh, very hard to provide a lot of external content, so a lot of help articles um, out to people so that um, our users and our customers can self-serve as much as possible. So as well as kind of more help within the app, for instance, if you're trying to do your banking, we also have more detailed help articles available online. If you're trying to do common tasks that we've seen go up again and again, and we have means where customers can can fix their own problems, we can guide them through. If they have something more complicated or they would prefer to speak to a, a real-life human, then we, can, then we can take those on. Um, but that is one of the metrics that we look at. So how much can we help the customers to help themselves, um, as well as in providing extra support. So as the more we invest in this, the more that we see that it has, has huge, huge benefits.
0: Nice. So uh, again, measuring the quality of your documentation,
1: how do, how do you generally do that? Really good question. I think with difficulty, like most people do. Again, it does depend what we're looking at. So, for uh, something that's maybe more internal, so for uh, we have a lot of, for instance, company proposals that people will write if they are proposing architecture changes to so the overall architecture of how we've built the bank. Um, we run on 1500 microservices which is quite a unique situation to be in for for most kind of modern banks Um, and so we like people to um and encourage people to and they definitely do for example Mm -hmm. write proposals on on making those changes and how that works so we we kind of keep that keep that very fresh obviously measuring kind of metrics and success around that might be very different to how we would measure documentation success and customer support so um, for something like that, we might look at the percentage of proposal coverage or making sure that proposals are up to date or the accuracy. Um, and different. We have different ways of doing that depending on what the content is. For something like customer operations, we're looking to improve our metrics in this area. At the moment, we are just starting a large benchmarking task to understand how confident Uh, Yeah, more qualitative metrics and how confident our customer relations staff feel when they are trying to find information, whether they're confident that the information they find is up to date, whether they find that it is accurate, whether they have confidence in the approach and the process and how they can flag if they feel that a page doesn't provide enough information, for example. And we're using more of those metrics as well as more traditional benchmarking to understand where things are working.
0: Okay. Very nice. So um, is your current documentation a publicly available one um,
1: with Monso? We have some documentation that's publicly available. So, for instance, our API documentation is available. Uh, Help articles for customers are obviously available. Uh, Other documentation and the main focus of my work is for internal content. So that is making sure that Monzo staff can support other Monzo staff and that's for internal company documentation. And the majority of that is restricted uh, and published privately only for regulatory and security reasons. Uh, But Monzo is very keen on transparency and openness. So where we can publish things openly, we absolutely do.
0: All right. So the reason I asked you that question is just I'm curious to know if you're generating any
1: organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Uh, not for our internal because that is all locked down, like I say, because we're a bank mm-hmm. and it's very heavily regulated. It's, yeah. it's not available for that.
0: All right. Great, great. So how often do you update your documentation or how often is there any uh, any way to measure that uh, the frequency in which a documentation needs to be updated?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, it sort of depends what it is. Uh, if it's custom operations documentation, we have a number of changes that are made daily, uh, and that could be a split between help articles uh, and internally. So we, we register kind of like how many people are either editing or whether they're proposing changes to something, uh, and we track all of those. Um, we also track kind of um, the overall accuracy of uh, bits of documentation as well, and we're getting better at that. It's been a bit ad hoc before now. Um, we're finding different ways to be able to do that, but those are definitely some of the metrics that we're trying to to improve and like I say that's what this big benchmarking project that I've just started uh, is, is hoping to fix
0: very nice very nice so let's move on to our rapid fire round so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career
1: oh oh
0: am I only allowed one person uh, no you can name anybody
1: number of people yeah <laughs> there are a huge number of people I would always start with my mentor and my, my previous manager, uh, a lady called Rosalie Marshall, who is the former head of technical writing uh, at the Government Digital Service, and is the person who set up technical writing as a discipline in government and had it recognised as, as its own profession within digital data and technology in government. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I've learned from her and her approaches uh, in terms of handling documentation, but also managing teams and just kind of making it a valid profession. So I would definitely say Rosalie, probably above pretty much everybody else.
0: Okay, great. So any uh, can you share a documentation-related resource you have recently consumed?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, my go-to for everything, all of the time, I probably check it maybe once or twice a day uh, when I'm helping people with Readme's is Daniel Beck's uh, Readme checklist. I think he did a conference talk on it a couple of years ago. He has a very, very handy checklist published in a very meta format. It's published as a Readme and it is a Readme checklist and it's a fantastic resource if anyone out there is writing Readme's thank you for that that's great so what is that one piece of documentation
0: related advice you would
1: give to your 20 year old self oh what a fantastic question uh, read more docs um i think we have a tendency to just focus on the the project that we're working on at that particular time going out and reading other people's documentation is like one of the best ways to learn um i wish i'd done more of that earlier on in my career um but i definitely would do you know do try and do that now as much as possible very
0: nice. So I know there's quite a lot you've shared, uh, Jennifer, in the short span of time. Is there anything else you would like to um, um, uh, share with our audience, and um, they can take 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 away from this podcast?
1: Oh, I mean, there's an endless number of things that we could discuss when it comes to documentation. I think it's such it's such a big topic, and of course, it's such a broad industry. Um, Gosh, there's there's so many things that we we could go into more detail on. I think uh, it's quite interesting to know at this particular time that we're recording this podcast, and I'm also not quite sure when it will go out, but it's an interesting time in the world at the moment. I think we're kind of uh, experiencing a massive kind of change in how, companies are approaching uh, workforce management and having a much more distributed workforce that decision has largely been removed from them they've been forced into this uh, i think some companies that have previously invested very heavily in documentation and knowledge management are now reaping the benefits of that yep okay. true. very true yeah it's nice to see <laughs> our profession suddenly valued i it's horrible that it's taken an event like this uh, to to cause that but I do think that it's it will cause other companies to sit up now and start to realize the benefits of of having good documentation practices when you can't just nudge someone across the office or you know poke the person sitting next to you to answer a thousand questions Um, so yeah I'm really interested to see how this is going to change our industry I really hope that people continue to understand the value of what we bring Um, especially heading in potentially towards a recession or where things are going to get a little bit more financially difficult. I hope that companies still value what we do, still keep us on, still understand what we can bring to an organisation if they're having to make headcount changes and difficulties. But, But I think we're in a good position to be able to help. And I don't think everybody is at the moment. A lot of us feel quite helpless. But actually, we're in a very, very good position to help other people in this sort of event.
0: Very nice. Very well said, Jennifer. Uh, the current event that's happening across the globe has uh, opened up um, many many people's eyes in various things. Working remotely, uh, again, having a good documentation to support your customers uh, without any interruption. So, so really, really nice to nice to see. Uh, I always tell my guests that uh, uh, sometimes. People don't realize the availability of documentation or a documentation team as they realize with the, the technical team or a customer support team. But this is also as important as a customer support team, you know, because customer support can't serve, um, service their customers if they don't have a supporting documentation ready for them.
1: 100%. I, I always, always think that. the I'm always leaning on more recently uh, actually comes from Futurama. Um, And and it's a character of God in Futurama. And he says at the end of one episode, if you've done your job well, no one will be sure you've done anything at all. And I genuinely feel that that is honestly the role that many different ops teams and particularly technical writers and documentarians play. That when we've done our job right and people can find information and act on it, no one really understands all of the work that's gone into that and everything it took to get to that point. They take it for granted. They get the information and they crack on with their day. But it takes an awful lot to get to that point true true
0: so thank you Jennifer for sharing your unique experience and your journey with us today and I really appreciate the time you spent with us Um, and uh, you take care and
1: keep safe and uh, uh, just be indoors (laughs) thank you very much and same goes it's an interesting time but we will get through this it's been lovely to chat thank you so much thank you Jennifer thank you
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.